style today. I did an amazing phone interview with Mary Ducina and I've been listening to her forever. I'm a huge fan. She is amazing and it was awesome because I'm used to doing Zoom calls but this felt different. This felt like Art Bell, kind of like Red Ice Radio throwback, just her and I sitting on the phone. It felt like we had known each other for years. She is just a powerhouse and I love her to death. I plug all of her websites in the episode. You gotta go check her out. And in this episode, I'm releasing it kind of out of order because she's she's gonna lay it down on the line all the stuff that's coming up in the month of June. So I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible so you can enjoy it and see what the month of June looks like ahead of time. And we also talk about like her spiritual journey, um, you know, more esoteric things. And it's just like talking to an old friend, you know, and it really was kind of fate how we... (laughs) how we ended up finding each other. It just felt like, oh, well, we've been friends for years. (laughs) But I loved this conversation. I hope you enjoy it as well. And um, I have some new five-star reviews that I'll be reading in some later episodes. So stick around. You never know when your five-star review is going to pop up. And on that note, keep leaving them because I love them. I love reading them. They make my day. Um, Of course, always find me on Instagram at cosmic.peach.podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cosmic Peach. Today I have on my very favorite, Mary Ducina. And she is going to blow our minds with some astrology today. I've been listening to her for a year or more. (laughs) She just never ceases to astonish me. So if you want to find Mary, of course, you can always find her on Facebook, Cosmic Conditions. And her very own website, MaryDucina.com. That's M-A-R-Y-D-U-S. INA.com. Mary, how are you? I'm blessed that we can have a concert evening of our and mornings and forever and always our concerts of energies. The fates have brought us together in Arabic. They say it's kismet. It's fated. It's destined. It's meant to be. And I'm, I'm very honored and thank you for inviting me. I love the name of your podcast, The Cosmic Peach. It's so cute. It's so <laughs> juicy. You. 
<laughs> Thank you. I try to bring all the juicy details <laughs> as well. <laughs> and I'm not shying away from that one bit because what the world needs now is more sassy and more juicy and more sweet spots, period. And that's why I feel like, because we were talking earlier about how Sagittarians can sometimes be that little bit of extra spicy, sassy, um, you know, kind of energy. And we do have Sagittarius um, cosmic conditions right now, if you would like to describe those a little bit. Absolutely. Well, our our supermoon, the, the Native peoples, the First Nations people tend to call um, the June moon, there's a lot of different names depending on your ethnic cultures, but I, I lean in to the First Nations, and they call it the strawberry moon because they follow the great turning of the wheel to do with crops being planted, and a lot of Wiccans and earth magic people and, and farmers' almanac people enjoy looking at what's blooming, what's happening, like in, in in the Smoky Mountains here, we have what we call the five little Tennessee winters. You know, there's just all kinds of things, and mm-hmm. it's you know, it's mm-hmm. like blackberry, and then it's this, and it's dogwood, and it's just like, okay, yesterday it was 70, and today I'm putting on a coat. So you get those kind of things when you when you're a mountain resident. So we have one full moon in Sagittarius, aka the Strawberry Moon, which is kind of nice when you think about Harry Styles' song watermelon and strawberry kisses and all that kind of stuff, watermelon sugar and strawberry kisses and all that. So it's going to be a supermoon. Now, a supermoon loosely defined is when the moon is going to appear closer to Earth, like it's in, it's, it's closer, it's in perhelion. So the moon will be in Sagittarius, which is a mutable fire sign, and Sagittarius is mutable fire, the opposite, a.k.a. polarity balance sign, for you Sagittarians, is Gemini. So Gemini, when we, have a, when we have a full moon in Sagittarius, the solar sign is going to be Gemini, or the Earth sign is Gemini. The Earth is in Gemini. The full moon will then arrive in the sign of Sagittarius. So it's an extra bougie full moon of spice because it is a supermoon. And the Sagittarius is always about, it's the, it's the centaur, it's the archer that is involved with their animal medicine totem in the actual mythological figure. The centaurs are half human, half horse. So Sagittarians have a lot of horsepower. They have the ability to run circles around people if they need to with the bottom half of their body being a horse. And so it has a lot to do with don't fence me in, don't put the bit or the bridle or the saddle on me unless I willingly come to you. We think about sayings about horses. You can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink. So Sagittarians, if they're thirsty, they're thirsty for the truth of life, the meaning of why am I here, of all the different ethnic cultures and beliefs and and people of different foreign uh, zones and places on Mother Earth. There has to be some kind of congruency. There has to be some kind of we're all Earth citizens. So the Sagittarian is looking for how is the philosophy of the Sikh or the Hindu, how can that dovetail in with the Buddhist and how can that dovetail in with some of the Catholic teachings and where can we find that earth citizen common ground? So the bow and arrow of Sagittarius, the the centaur, the Sagittarian, pulls back on the, the, the bow, takes the arrow out of the quiver and pulls back, as mythology would tell us, the bow and lets the arrow go straight up into the sky, into the above world, and where that arrow lands, akin to like on St. Patrick's Day in the belief that the end of the rainbow 
you'll find the gold. You'll find the pot of gold. So for Sagittarian, the pot of gold or the vision quest is important, taking the journey to see what's ahead for their sovereign truth, their philosophical treasure chest. It's why they let that arrow go. So Sagittarius is like all of the knights, in a sense, in a tarot deck. Sagittarius is the vision quest, taking the actual journey, actually putting my hoofs or my boots or my bare feet on the ground is what's going to really make my entire experience more enriching. It's going to emotionally move me. It's going to give me new psychological parameters. It's going to open me up not to be too rigid or set in my beliefs. And that's the shadow of the sign of Sagittarius when they are very blame, shame, prejudicial towards someone else's lifestyle, beliefs, or choices, or when they don't agree with their uh, spirituality or religiosity choices. So each one of the 12 signs has, a, has the illumination and it has the shadow. And for Sagittarius, it's don't fence me in. We all matter here and I don't limit me in wanting to take my soul's journey. So for Sagittarius, it's the ninth house. In the, in the natural turning of the wheel, the, the natural 12 sections or zones, we call them houses, in the natural zodiacal wheel. So it has, it's a sign of autumn. There are three signs of autumn, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius. Libra opens up autumn, Sagittarius finishes it out because after Sagittarius we have Yuletide, winter solstice, and that starts the winter season in the northern hemisphere. So Sagittarius is about... I must take this journey. I can't just adapt to the beliefs of of my mom and my dad and the community and the family. I need to see if those beliefs and those truth parameters help serve my higher good and help connect me to my divine alignment. And most doing this for three decades now, there's a real interesting dynamic with Sagittarians, be they biological, male or female, they tend to be the black sheep of the family. They tend to do the most. They do yes. the most for Mary, the family. Why do I feel like you've known me for years? <laughs> <laughs> the fates have brought us together. Sagittarians will step up and do the most to defend, to be the family hero, the class clown if they have to be, to try to just you know um, bring down the angst, the anger, and the battlefield. But they often, it's like in so many families when I've dealt with the Sagittarius, male or female, it's like, then the fa- the very family member that they defended or they stood up for or whatever enables the one that was the addict or or was mean <laughs> to them or abusive to them. And the Sagittarius is like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> and the very one that kicked the, the, the family member that you defended, kicked them to the curb, stole from them, talked bad about them, berated them, blah, 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 ran away and said, oh, I have a horrible mother and father, blah, blah, blah. It's like that parent is magnetically, which could be their karmic signature contract. It's like the parent goes to them rather than the Sagittarians going, hello, I'm right here, you know, I'm the one that loaned the money, I'm the one that stood up for you, I'm the one that went to court for you, I'm the one that you know, kept them from beating you up in the house. Really? So I think for Sagittarians it teaches them very much with the family of origin or the psychological uh, people that we arrive with here, I, I personally, this is just my little humble personal, I am convinced at this point in the crossroads of my life that the people that we incarnate into the family with, oh my God, that's our biggest karmic challenges. I'm convinced 
I'm convinced. I don't care if it's... I am also convinced. Oh, my God. Very much so. Very much so. It's like we arrive with these people that we've got unfinished business with, and some of it's just like, you know, kissy-kissy rays of sunshine for some people, yay you. And for for other people, it's just like, who are these people and how? <laughs> how did I go? Oh, we're going to reincarnate? Yeah, well, I'd really like not to go with them. No, you're going with them. Oh, really? Yeah, they're in your soul pod. <laughs> you're going with them. So I, I, I guess the, the bright light of that, when you come to a Sagittarian moon, like we're going to have in, in mid-June of 2022, is that... We, we've got this ability to step back. How that, he'll talk about being, you know, third person yourself, like step back, like the Buddhists, like step back, let go of the earthy ego erection psychology of needing to be right or needing, to, you don't need to be a right fighter. You know, instead, it's more important that our sole mission is that we can try to get it right, you know, create a win win rather than needing to be right and fighting to get someone to agree with you. So this particular full moon, as I was speaking about on, on the, the new moon show the other night, there is a trilogy of ascended master's moons that happen each year. And it's when the moon is full in Libra, which is near Easter Passover, when the moon is full in what they call the month of Buddha, in the month of May when the sun is transiting Taurus, when the full moon rises in the very intense sign, of Scorpio, this is known as Wesak or the Buddha Moon, and then the Festival of Goodwill, according to the Ascended Masters teachings out of England, a white, uh, white Eagle Foundation out of England that's like oh decades, decades, decades uh, old. You know, so mm-hmm. such a rich wisdom teaching. So Sagittarius is where the Christos or the mercy and the forgiveness and the alchemical ability to. I of myself do nothing. It is the power of the I am through me meets with the Buddha precepts that says in May, you know, your degree of suffering is going to be directly proportionate to your attachment to the outcome. So Buddhism is about don't get attached to the material world or people or things because we're all just passing through here. And Buddhism is very similar to most First Nations, Native American cultures and teachings. They revere all life, all life is sacred, and they realize that our true biological mother is Earth. It's Mother Mm -hmm. Earth, Grandmother Moon, Father Sky, Grandfather Sun. So when we have a full moon, that the psychic energy of that is magnetic. We are drawing down the power of the moon. So Grandmother Moon will be illuminating the darkness of the night with the frequencies of Sagittarius. So Sagittarius, we we decide to ourselves, what have we accepted and what do we believe is what levels us up, what gets us out of the the sad times, the angry times, the times where we felt rejected or, or abandoned. You know, how does Sagittarius look at it all philosophically and say, I need not to be attached to this just from an ego standpoint, what about if that betrayal, what about if that job loss, what about if when I moved from that town, from that horrible accident, I didn't die, but I almost died, but how about if all of that, when I look at it a little bit with hindsight and in retrospect, was something that actually compelled me to have to move with great spirit on the chessboard of life, and it led me to you and it led me to this and it got me out of a stagnant pattern that at the time 
I was clueless to be able to see it with my higher eyes. Mm-hmm. So this moon is the one moon of 2022 that says, take you apart a while and rest. Oh, weary traveler of what you've gone through and the intensity. Let's just do recently, since 2020. You know, in 2020, when it was like, you know, the, the powers that be were trying to conquer and whip and, and mask and tell you, go home and don't go out and don't do this and don't do that. So 2020 was, if you look at, like even the TV show, they expose things. 2020 exposes crimes and exposes people. Mm-hmm. And when people say, well, in hi- hindsight is 2020. So I look back two years ago at what in this lifetime, at this crossroads in your life journey, because it's all temporary, folks. <laughs> you know, you came from spirit. Your spirit was clothed in an earth suit, and you're going to return to spirit. So we're all walking home. We're all walking each other home. So what in this lifetime, at this time, two years later, since 2020, what did we need to really see? What was, uh, how did our sight of what matters, what really matters in this lifetime, that's what 2020 shoved in our face. It covered our mouth. You know, we had to mask it. So it covered our mouth, which is psychologically and intuitively symbolic of don't speak, don't open your mouth, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so now... It helped us, it pushed us, it suppressed us, and it repressed us, and it pushed us through fear, mainly, through fear, Margaret. Oh, my God, I'm going to die of this thing. You know, it, it, you know, never before, never before in recent history has the entire world been locked down by all the powers that be for we the people. Not in World War I, not in World War II, not even now with the battles that are going over, you know, in, in, with Russia and Ukraine. The whole world didn't even lock down on, on horrific things happening but on this phantom and, and odd uh, bio whatever, it's like everybody's like, run, you know, the sky is falling. <laughs> so we had to find our truths, not from just the limitations of our external eyes, but it opened, yes, it force-fed us, but it opened up our third eye. So we needed to look inward in the year of 2020. And, and you know, what came to me in that year was, you can run, but you cannot hide. Amen. 2021... 2021 then revealed to us what was dividing us, what 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 could divide us, what could unite us. But we were very divided in 2021, very divided, very there was a lot of confusion and chaos. Now 2022, the eclipses changed from Gemini Sag. So you being a Sagittarius, a Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces had their ass handed to them. Starting in 2020, it was an emotional roller coaster. It was like, how do I get off this ride? Like, I really don't want to have psychological bungee jumping the entire year. I really don't want to do that. So they shifted the eclipses, the nodes, shifted in January of this year of 2022 into the fixed dynamic, the fixed signs. You don't you don't push fixed signs. <laughs> they they decide when they want to. So we went from mutable of like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what's true anymore, but I'm going to believe that side and I'm going to politically go over here and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to believe this and, and you're a schmuck if you don't believe like I do. And we got divided over potential health and wellness things. It's like all of a sudden people that were holistic and into nature and her bounty and her wellness were, were by, by some, a lot of people in the media were seen to be freaks. 
right? Mm-hmm. Before they were revered, but all of a sudden they, you know, naturopathic people and herbalists and holistic people and people that had learned about herbs and essential oils and and if you eat this, this might help this. All of a sudden it was like, don't you open your mouth? It's all <laughs> medical pharmaceutical magic right now. It's like, no, you're into black magic. Have a nice day. You know, and it's okay. You can make your choice, but come at me and watch what happens. You know, yeah, you'll get, you'll find out what bougie is psychically. So, 2022, I am that woman. I am that Halloween-born woman. So, 2022, in January, the nodes changed. So, we now have all of us, regardless of your sign, wherever you have all you little newbies out there in astrology, you need to know real quick where the house of Taurus Scorpio and they're exactly opposite each other and if any planets that you have are lighting up Taurus and Scorpio you need to find those in your solar and or natal chart because that's where all the specifics and the action is going to happen so the nodes shifted to Taurus Scorpio so in late April and in May we had our first solar lunar dynamic in the signs of Taurus Scorpio and I'm going to define that we're going to have them again coming up in the third week of October, going into November 8th. So the next priority cycle of 2022 in each of our astrological charts as far as the dynamics of fated and karmic lessons, tests, and then graduations are going to be between October the 23rd and November the 8th because there's going to be two eclipses back-to-back. There's going to be the full moon, new moon, eclipses in Taurus, Scorpio. So Taurus is the bull. So what we have with the bull, you think about a bull market, stock market. You think about the bull as an animal medicine totem. You think about cows and bulls and their pasture. They don't bother anybody. But if you come in that pasture, if you come in there and you're not the 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 person that gives them their, their feed or their hay and the person that they've grown up with since they were calves, and you know you come into their pasture, oh, the bull's going to put its head down. It's going to put its head down to defend the cows and the calves. And I grew up around livestock and cattle. So they have a very sweet disposition until you change their routine. And most Taurus people I know, Taurus moons, Taurus sun signs, especially in Taurus rising signs, they do best with how they feel the routine. And the same pattern is happening. They may not be, some people say, Taurus is a kind of boring sign. They're so predictable. No, no. If you're hyper and all over the place, an earth sign is a good match for you. A Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo can be a good match for you if you're like hyper and in your head and you know prone to be addictive shopper or addictive eater or spazzy with anxiety, then an earth sign will like say to you, chill out. It's okay just mm-hmm. to chill out and relax. So Taurus is saying to us all year, all year, regardless of how the planets are traveling, Taurus is saying to us, slow down, you move too fast, That's why you're getting scattered. That's why you're shallow breathing. That's why you can't align your chakras. That's why you can't take a good dump. That's why you can't seem to to find your voice and speak your mind because you've got too much stuff going on and you're suppressing your crap. Literally, psychologically, and psychically, you're full of it. So Taurus, yeah, so Taurus is saying, turn around to you and say, how do you define emotional serenity how do you define your material world security you know sometimes it's maybe worth canceling a vacation in order to just have time with your home now 
people are bucking up against that a little bit because we got forced into our apartments and trailers and homes and all of that in 2020. And everybody in 2021 was like, when can I go away? You know, and if you live in the mountains, you want the beach. If you live on the beach, you can't wait to get in the mountains. It, it's just, you know, we, we're we're rather fickle in appreciating our landscape and our environment. But it would be very positive for each of us to take like a little visit to a city, maybe two hours away, go have lunch, go check out a little downtown, go into a little boutique, maybe do your grocery shopping there. Just travel about two hours away, hour and a half, two hours away, so you can have a day vacation so it's not too stressful you know you don't have too many things crowding up on you this is the type of thing where you're actually doing a somatic experience it's how how your mind is affecting your body like you actually rewarded yourself grabbed a gal pal or grabbed a bff or grabbed a a spouse and say look this you know we can be we can do this round trip in four hours let's go do this let's just go take a piece of time like we're little pirates and do it for ourselves let's just go do this you know, so the gas money that you are spending isn't just going to work, isn't just doing errands, isn't just something that's, you know, you have to do it, and it ends up being a bit of a burden, and you're looking at the prices so much because whatever you're spending it on isn't pleasure. Taurus needs that pleasure. Another great way to, to ma- make the magic of Taurus is whatever you've learned to cook that you do really well homemade, whether it's a dessert or soup or how you doll up a pizza or pasta, it doesn't have to be expensive. But invite that that wonderful person that always is an up level for you and have some more laughter, break out the, the wine if, if that's okay with your own medical thing. You know, have a little moonshine like we do up here. You know, like, you know, in, indulge in some kind of little herbal and, and, and food pleasures. You know, just sit on the porch, watch it rain with the person that always feels good to be around. We're not doing enough of that. We're not. I we're not agree. Doing, Yep. And so taking, making it a priority to not just rush through this life, but to turn around and go, you know, wait a minute, there's a lot of people that checked out in 2020. There's a lot of people stressing about, you know, we went from a, a scary clown virus, then we went into what's going on with the elections, and then we went into, oh my God, is there going to be World War Three? You know, am I being greedy? Am I being selfish and oh now the gas prices are going up and oh my god there's no baby formula or food and then the abortion thing's going on it's just like you know just shut it off you know and mm-hmm. and get in nature taurus let your bio your true biological mother which is the planet that we all live on let that's why we feel good when we're out in nature or we look at the trees or the beach or the full moon or a sunset or a sunrise because her frequencies her electromagnetic frequencies feed us. The stars are our home. You know, we, as above, so below. So if you can get out under the stars and just lay there, you know, with a lit candle or burn some, you know, some uh, sweet grass or some sage and just say, this is, you know, I'm not just going to do the same thing every night. I'm not going to do my paperwork, check my emails, be leashed to my phone. I'm going to get out in this Taurus Gemini, you know, Aries planets right now. The fire planets are lining up in Aries. We've got a Sagittarius fire moon coming up and it's saying, When's the last time you invested in mm-hmm. your own peace and serenity? I mean, I I said to myself, it's been too long since I've had a, a spa pedicure, the deluxe spa pedicure with the oils and the collagen and the and the Epsom salts and all that. Drove out of town, followed my own advice. Went out of town, had the two-hour trip because I know the owners of a, a really hygienic uh, spa. They're Vietnamese. They're wonderful Buddhist people. And I'm like, you, foot doctors, you do that. They have these like $50,000 <laughs> each 
massage chairs that you sit in. It was it's just like you know zone out. I mean, here, here's physical massage chairs working on your back and your shoulders. We don't do that. We don't do that. We might say to our lover, "Would you rub my back?" And they'll say to us, "No, could you rub mine first? And then that leads to some adult play, you know. But you really don't just get the massage. It always leads to something, you know. And it's like sometimes <laughs> that's great. Yeah, a lot of times that's great, and sometimes it's like, that's just more work today. You know, it's like, I'd really like to kind of plan that together. So one of us, you know, isn't singing, you know, the orgasmic bliss instead of the other one. So it's it's like when you do something that it's, and, you know, like that, that pedicure, when you've, when you've been into holistic herbal things like me, all of our nerve endings, all of them, are at the bottom of our feet. They all connect down to the bottom of our feet, and our feet are the most abused thing on our body. It really is. So the shoes we wear, the how we just keep going and going, and we, sometimes we prop them up, sometimes we don't. So I'm a big, big herbalist fan of saying, go get, the pedicure isn't just about getting your toes with French pedicures and crystals on them. It's about getting your feet and your legs below your, your knees massaged and the circulation help, and then you can pick a color, as they say, when you go into a sign, hello, pick a color, please, you know, and get... Get that all done for yourself. Go get the massage that you've been wanting. Just go do something to pamper yourself. Go do that because that's what this whole Aries, you know, we've got Chiron and Mars and Jupiter now all flipping about in Aries and we get impatient in traffic and we get frustrated and we're like really noticing the rudeness of others out in public and on the road because Aries has no patience. They have to learn patience. That's one of their things. But now that's activated in our charts as well. And we're saying, my friend let out these, like, she derailed about this normally calm Taurus, let out all these cuss words the other day with somebody that was like, I was driving and somebody that, like, you know, pulled out in front of me and all that. I was okay with it, you know. And I mean, we didn't have to slam on the brakes, but she was just like, and I looked at her and I just started laughing like you're doing. You know, Julia, I just started laughing and she goes, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. And I said, that's kind of different for a Taurus. I said, wow. And I said, you know, okay. But see, for a Taurus, Aries is their 12th house. It's the sign before the sun sign of Taurus. So whatever sign is right before our sign, like this full moon will stir up the magic and mystery for everybody that's a Sagittarian or a Sagittarius rising. But it'll be a little stressful for Capricorn, potentially. I'm not casting magic on that. Capricorns need to take some me time. It's a time of retreat in embryonic nurturing for all of you Capricorns out there as this full moon rises. Because after this full moon, the full moon will progress into the sign of Capricorn. It'll be their turn to get some extra light and their darkness. But right now, it's a strong full moon, favorable full moon for Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo, top three. But it can be a little stressful for Capricorn people around the, the 14th, 15th, of June when it rises strong as the supermoon for Capricorn people and it can be a little stressful for Pisces and Virgos because that Sagittarius moon squares off with the other mutable signs. So Sagittarius, even though it's a mutable sign, will be favored because the moon's lighting up their sign. So I always say to people, when the full moon's going to be in your sign, usually just happens once a year, try to make those days, try to plan accordingly and try to set those days, because you know the unexpected can always happen, but try to set those days as you're, you're definitely going to plan on the 14th or the 15th of June. You're going to, to prioritize something that you know is a sweet spot for you or just a really one. I don't care if it's your favorite cupcake. I don't care. 
just do something that's, you know, go buy that cobbler and bake it or go have that hamburger that you, whatever it is. Of course, the powers that be don't want you eating meat anymore. So do something that that you can go do that's just for yourself to say, you know what, those french fries are the best damn french fries I've had in a long time. You know, just do something because Taurus is sovereignty, food that are, are comfort foods. To say. If it's mac and cheese, go get mac and cheese. If it's pizza, get pizza. But mashed potatoes, get mashed potatoes or make them. But it's it's... What is like my favorite childhood food? You know, what opens up the inner child that it's like, oh my God, I love that flavor of ice cream, or I love homemade mashed potatoes with real butter and sour cream. Do that. That's not that expensive. And if you want to share that with somebody else, then you can invite them in to have the best damn mashed potatoes they've ever had, or take them to get the best French fries or pizza that they've ever had. But when you have a supermoon, the win win is that you first to thine own self be true and create a wonderful treat for yourself and then if you invite someone and if they choose to show up they get to share that with you if they don't i'm good it's my mashed potatoes more for me (laughs) exactly yeah and there's no guilt in that you know it's just like okay spirit okay i'll invite them over to have some of my mashed potatoes some of my homemade coconut pie okay i'll invite them (laughs) over but if they don't show you won't be pissed we'll be like yeah extra piece (laughs) there you go yeah (laughs) and you know mary we were kind of talking before this about you know people go out they get a tarot deck and all of a sudden overnight they're master and they start a youtube channel and they're doing readings and they're doing and i want you to enlighten us a little bit on what it really means (laughs) to be involved in your world Okay, well, first off, I am absolutely, you know, raise my hands to the sky, bow my head for when everybody else was just doing drugs and getting drunk. You know, I was in Florida at the time, and, you know, my friends were surfers, and I was 14 when I walked into a surf shop in Cocoa Beach, and I looked at these cards, and I'm like, they were not popular then. And I looked at these cards, and I'm like, tarot. And it was a Rider weight deck, and the shop owner it was like a head shop, you know, they like sold papers and all. And and because mm-hmm. it's cocoa, it's Florida. And he looked at me and he goes, "You said that right." And he said, "Have you ever had a deck?" Have you? And he said, "You didn't say tarot. You knew not to pronounce the T." He said, "Do you speak French?" And I said, "No, I just." I said something about those feels. I don't know. Like I, I was still discovering all that, you know. And because uh, I'm like, you know, I'm like 14. He goes, "Here, take them." I said, "What?" My boyfriend was talking, "What?" And he said, yeah, take them. He said, you have sight. You're supposed to have these. I still own that deck. I still own that deck. And wow. 30 years later, I still own that deck. And I only use that deck to read for me because that was the day that kismet or fate kissed me to go into the, the world of the tarot. So I, I, and for three years, somehow it's just the whole Scorpio thing with me. For three years, I said, I, as tempting as it could be, I'm not reading for anybody else because here's what I heard. It, the hardest thing to do is to read for yourself. The hardest thing to do is all the all the tarot teachers. You know, I knew Sybil Leak and I, you know, people that you had to like hunt down because I started doing radio when I was seventeen, and they're like, "Oh no, you can't read for yourself, really." And I said, "Why?" And they said, "Because you're subjective. You know, you'll block it. You're, you're subjective. You want it to be a yes, or you're afraid it'll be a no." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's logical." So I I decided with myself right then. It's called discipline, folks. I decided right then that I was going to study and work with the tarot. For three years and not read for anybody else. 
So, and I have that kind of discipline. So until I got my deck and all those moods, you know, I know you out there have like asked a question, you didn't like the answer, so you kept shuffling and asking again. And what would happen for me when I did that is the devil card and the tarot and the tower and the nine of swords and the sun reverse. It would be like, you done playing yet? And I'm like, oh, God. You know, so my <laughs> cards had a way of telling me, back it up, bitch. We said no. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, so then I got to a point what would work for me instead of laying out the Celtic cross or this spread or that spread is I would turn the deck face down. I'm right-handed. So I had a little witchy-poo person teach me is that you just fan it out with all the cards face down. Take your non-dominant hand. So that means if you're right-handed, take your left hand, close your eyes, and just sweep that left hand across that semicircle of those face down cards and where it feels warmer, more desirable. For some people, it's cooler. Drop your hand down. Pick that card. That's your answer. You get a one answer. That's it. Take it. Shut up. Study it. That's it. And that's what I, I still do that. I still do that to this day for myself. If I want to get a bada boom, bada bing, just give me the answer for right now. Is this a yes or a no? Bam. I'll do that. So if you're left-handed, just to help you out out there, if you're left-handed, your non-dominant hand would then be your right hand. So for you lefties, you would t- you would fan out the cards face down and you would take your right hand. So two things about the wannabes and the newbies on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and and uh, YouTube uh, ad nauseum, is that, number one, there are people that are naturally gifted. Hallelujah, absolutely. They're just naturally gifted with tarot. They're naturally gifted with an oral, oracle deck. It's not so much about them getting applause or attention or the dollars rolling in. They're just naturally gifted in being able to do astrology. They have a, 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 a past life or two or three as being a wizard or whatever. So there are people that can be naturally gifted. When, Like that guy gave me my first tarot deck. He said, you're sighted. You've got this. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he said, even mm-hmm. your bikini is purple. He said, do you know what purple means? I'm like, uh-uh. And he said, what's your favorite color? And I said, purple and gold. He goes, okay, here, take them. So he <laughs> was like in his 30s, and he had studied it for a long time, but he was a under-the-radar kind of mystic. It was not popular at that time, even though Florida is very liberal like California, that kind of stuff. So that started my journey, and I never even got his name, but you know, we met eye to eye, and we knew that we were souls that had tripped the light fantastic before in some other dimension as, as well as another lifetime. We just knew. We just knew. Didn't have to speak about it. It was a knowing. So that, you know, tarot really was, was my first love. Like, I was always intuitive as a child. I was always connected with animals. I wasn't that nature girl that was scared of snakes or spiders or mice or, you know, I'd be like, oh, yes, just a spider. But, Mary, that's, that spider, that, that's an orchard spider. That's as big as your hand. Oh, I don't care. Just walk around the web and don't bother. Now, here, I, I'll throw it a piece of chiff beef, you know, you know, and, like, the spider <laughs> would run over and eat it, you know. So nature was my first oracle. It was. It was just my first oracle. I mean, I've had bears come that I could feed. I, deer will walk up to me. It's just that's always been. So when you're studying psychic things or intuitive things, let's say you study numerology and the meaning of colors and crystals and you meditate and you learn the chakras and astrology and your chart and all that, usually the first thing you, you were interested in is where you're going to have the strongest gifts. So nature to this day, even though I've studied a lot of aspects of astrology for 30 years. Do I think I know it all about astrology? Absolutely not. I learn wonderful magical things every day, every year. You know, a new way, a new a new pearl of wisdom. Same thing with tarot and, and oracle cards. Do I know them? Yep. 
do I think I know it all? Nope. So <laughs> right. have I met a lot of gypsies and wannabes and people that will say, oh, you've got a curse on you and you need to give me $700 because it's $100 for each candle and you got to go out under the moon at, at 10 o'clock at night and I'm going to go to a graveyard and pray for you. Are there, are there rip-offs? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, back to the medicine, wonderful medicine men that I've traveled with and studied under for 25 straight years with different tribes, the first thing they teach you is do not give your power away. So if a gypsy or a charlatan or a wannabe or somebody with malefic tendencies wants to scare you into spending money, they're going to predict things that are like, like I had one lady that came to me and she goes, oh my God, I went to this beach psychic and they told me her husband was a pilot at the time and he flew overseas and she said she told me i'm going to be a widow you know in a year and you know and and that you know he's going to die in a plane crash and i said who told you that and i said oh, okay so i did tv in florida so i took off all my makeup i never wore my hair in a ponytail like a little hickadoodle but i did and i'm born in tennessee so i can call <laughs> myself a hickadoodle i wore a flannel shirt put on some jeans and some sneakers. I never wear sneakers, okay? I'm a glitz girl. And I said, I'm going to the psychic. So at first off, I went in, and the whole house was roped off. And I'm like, so if you're a psychic, why is your house roped off? Just, just asking. And she said, well, you know, people will steal things. I said, you're a psychic. Why are you having people come to your home if you're afraid they're going to steal things from you? And she goes, well, you know, now sit down here. And so I sat down. I'm, not, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to blast this chick, you know. So... So she says, oh, now I see, I see that you, uh, you are a stewardess. And I said, no. And she goes, oh, and I see that your mother died. Nope, she's alive. And then she said something else. Let me tell you something. And I did not understand at the time the power of the arrows, the verbal arrows of words. Or perhaps I saw something unconsciously, psychically, because I certainly cannot cause, you know, we can't cause someone else's death unless we're just like a creepo murderer. And I, and I looked and I said, maybe... You need to stop telling everybody they're going to die or their husband's going to die or their dog's going to die or their mother's already dead. Maybe you need to stop doing that. And this person's like got big eyes now looking at me like, you know, buckwheat kind of eyes. And I said, maybe you're looking at your own death and you just don't even realize it. But I'll tell you right now, professionally and ethically, you are 100 percent wrong to be putting fear into people. And I said, and I'm going to do everything I can to get you shut down. And I said, because you don't need to be doing that to people. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Mm-hmm. She died the next week. Oh, Mary. Of natural oh causes. God. It wasn't a car wreck. No. And, I, and, of course, that hit me just like it did you. And, and, of course, my friend that said, oh, shit, I sent you to that psychic, and they died. And I said, oh, I didn't cause their death. And, I mean, she was older, but I thought, it was that she – I said, I now realize why she was doing that. She didn't realize what she was doing. She kept projecting the death thing, the death knell on to everybody, because that's like three people went to her and she all told about death. And I said, she didn't realize it, but death was knocking on her door and it was going to be her time. I said, no, I don't think it helped her to be telling everybody they're going to die or their husband's going to die. And that same friend, <laughs> right. you know, that same friend 30 years later, her husband's still alive. He didn't die in a plane crash. You know, he retired from doing international uh, pilot work happily. They have a lot of money and they live happily in Florida. So it's like, so it's like, don't give your power away. She that client that came to me was so stressed. She's a Pisces, so she, of course she over-dramatized it. She was so stressed that a psychic told her that her husband was going to die within a year and she'd be a widow. I looked at her and I said, oh, for God's sakes, why do you believe that? You don't know this woman. You don't know how expertise or not they are. Why would you? You know, you know your husband better than she does. Why don't you, you know, pray, meditate, Buddha, God, whatever. 
And she mm-hmm. said, no, she said, I can't get it off my mind. I said, okay, and that's what starts a curse of energy. That's what starts a curse. It's like an infection. It becomes somatic. Someone cast words upon you. You accepted their words, and it became an anxiety infection. So the first thing tarot readers and astrology and numerologists and meditators and life coaches and la, 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 <laughs> the whole paranormal forum out there, the first thing you need to do is learn how to shield yourself, use discernment. The number one psychic and spiritual gift is discernment. That's the tool you need in your toolbox. You need to be able to discern your tarot cards, your astrological chart, your you know, your family, you need your love, or you need to be able to discern the energies of both the essence and the spirit of something or someone before you take another step forward or backwards. And There's I two- think that's what has drawn me so much to you is that sometimes I listen to you and I feel like goosebumps. <laughs> and that's my Thank way, you. like that's yes. my body's way of telling me like that confirmation. she's onto something. Yeah, yeah. confirmation. Yeah. And a true teacher wants to help you develop those if i'm when i'm doing somebody's astrological chart if i'm doing their six months ahead or i'm doing a clairvoyant you know insight energy clearing thing for them i want to i'm not going to pull back and hide how that's done for them i'm going to say to them listen i don't want you to lean on me and and have to call me every six months it's nice it helps me feed all the woodland animals thank you but i don't want that to be something that you think you've got to do i want you to listen and learn and see this as a bright spot as a learning point, as a temple walk for you with, with whatever astrologer or life coach or oracle reader that you have that, that you know uplifts your energy. Now, that does not mean, let me qualify that, that does not mean that you keep paying the psychic or the astrologer that tells you just what you want to hear. That's another trap with psychics. They either scare the crap out of you so you go back and spend more money when they're charlatans, or they tell you just what you want to hear. And even though, because you're in denial, even though it doesn't come true, you keep going back to them because they keep telling you what you want to hear. But they put it like three years in the future. Well, in three years, I see that you'll have the best sexual experience. In three years, I see that there'll mm-hmm. be all this money coming to you. And the person's got to sit there and wait for three years. So, so they keep going back. Think about, well, absolutely, I agree. And it's a trap. It's kind yep. of like a time trap. It's entrapment. But, yeah, know, it's entrapment. Yeah. What do you think about like psychic mediums who kind of like lead people on like that and it's like they they're really grieving their mother and they keep going back to the same psychic again discernment again discernment again discernment so i've never hung my professional shingle out to be a spiritualist or a medium but that's the first thing that started pestering me when i was a young child i remember i remember being nine years old of course now my little tennessee grandmother you've heard me talk about mamaw I remember just being in my room. I had a nice picture window overlooking the you know five-acre front yard, and I remember being a kid. It's summer. It's tired. I looked at the lightning bugs for a while, fireflies for a while, and I wanted to go. I really just wanted to go to sleep because you know when you're a nine-year-old kid, you run it in summer till you're just exhausted. And I remember I, something woke me up, and I looked at the end of my bed, and there's all these like see-through spirits at the end of my bed. Now my tomboy reaction was, "Get out! I want to sleep." What the heck's going on here? Get out. And it's like, and I could hear them. We just want to talk to you. We know that you can see us. You can see us. We just want to talk. I said, I said, get out. 
I'm going to tell mom and dad, you better get out. I'm going to tell mamaw. That's what I'm going to do. And I said, if you want to talk to me, it's, you know, a kid out of the mouth of babes. You want to talk to me, you come in the daytime. You don't come to me at night. So, of course, then I talked to my mom and my dad, and they're just kind of looking at me. They accepted it. I mean, and then I talked to mamaw. And mamaw said, okay. That's when the Holy Ghost thing started for me. That's when she said, all right, you're already born on Halloween. Yeah. And people make fun of me all the time and call me a witch. I wouldn't care if they call me a bitch, but they call me a witch. And I said, they don't even know what they're talking about. And she goes, okay, even in the Bible, honey, it says there are signs and those that can read them. And there are signs and wonders for those who have eyes that will see, that was my memo, and ears that will hear. And I'm like, okay, I don't like them see-through people at the end of my bed. What do I do? And she goes, okay, so what we call here in the mountains, what we call the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, that's the head of everything in the spirit world and the head of everything in the earthly world. Now, see, logic works for me, and I'm like, okay. So I said, I don't have to do the Jesus or the God thing. I'll just go straight to the Holy Ghost and tell the Holy Ghost to take care of it. I've done that ever since. It never, absolutely, 100%, ever has failed me. Now, to the Native Americans, that's a great spirit. Wonka Tonka, great spirit, great mystery. So I've, I've got that working for me in the medicine world in, in in the Native American cultures, too, when I dovetailed those together, when I chose to lean my astrology teaching in with the medicine wheel, because to me that's the original peoples of the country that I incarnated in this lifetime. So, And I have Cherokee in me. I'm not an Indian wannabe, got it in me. But I wanted to blend. I said, well, there's a medicine wheel. Why wouldn't the medicine wheel tie in with the astrological wheel? And it does. Mm-hmm. And it does. So for my clients... I do the animal totems. I do the directions of the wheel, like the the east, you know, the the ascendant, the rising sign is the east on the medicine wheel. This is the eagle. This is the dawning of our life. And, oh, guess what? In astrology, that's the sign that was rising at the time of your birth. Nah, snap. So it ties in. It ties Mm -hmm. in. And, And so you start to figure out that in astrology, the houses one, four, seven, and ten form the cross in your chart. And that's the set, that's the main directions of the medicine wheel and it makes it easier to learn it you know astrology is so freaking complicated trust me it is there's so many this aspect and that sacred geometry and mm-hmm. this is 90 degrees and that's a square and that's a trine it's like i don't care just tell me what it means to me i mean i can understand the fire earth air water i can relate that to people you know it's, oh look you have a lot of fire in your chart so but what does fire need Julia, what does fire need? It has to have air. It has to have oxygen in order for it to continue to burn. Mm-hmm. So the air, I was say that. <laughs> yeah, the air and the fire signs in 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 star logic, astrology is star logic. The air and the fire signs are yang. They're electrical. They're dynamic. They plug in. But the earth and the water signs. So the earth signs of Taurus. Virgo, Capricorn, and the water signs of Cancer, Pisces, Scorpio, those are yin and those are magnetic. And so it just makes it easier to understand when you look at your chart, when you look at your treasure map, your soul signature, it makes it easier to understand, oh, well, this lifetime I've got a lot more yin signs, so it's magnetic. So my ability to alchemize myself and create the magic in my life is that I need to look at the law of attraction, if you will, what I'm giving out is what I'm drawing to me. So if I'm negative thinking, if I'm blaming and shaming others or myself, that's what's going to stop the progress of my manifestation and magic. If you're and fire, so how do you feel like you know 
the archangels because a lot of people will say like if you're ever really scared or if you're seeing a ghost absolutely like i believe that, in the arch oh absolutely yeah ab- okay now i start at the top for me i start at the top holy spirit holy ghost take care of business but i've studied angelology for a long time my favorite are the seraphim and the Ophanim, they're the badass angels. They just like kick butt, so I like them. I love the Seraphim. And if you go online and you type in pictorial images of the Seraphim, it will scare you at first because they're like the ones that have the eyes all around them and the seven wings, and they just look at you mm-hmm. like, I'll kick your ass. You know, so mm-hmm. you, don't, you yeah. don't play when it comes to the Seraphim and the Ophanim. The Ophanim are talked about in Ezekiel, the wheels within wheels, and they all had eyes all around it. So these are supernatural creatures. Oh, yes, they're real and when you study, like, some of the main archangels and their colors, like when you study Archangel Zadkiel, it's the power of the violet flame. And you learn what their names mean. You know, Raphael, he who heals one with God. Mikael Alu, Archangel Michael, he who holds the strength and fights one with God. You know, the defender with the sword. You know, and you learn their colors. Raphael leans into the greens and Michael leans into the... The, the whites and the blues. And so Michael's on the temperance card in the tarot. And Ra- there's three angels. And Raphael's on number six, the lover's card. And Gabriel, Gabriel, is on the judgment card. So you start to see how these different metaphysical, medicinal insights all start to form a language that's congruent and compatible with itself. The color frequencies mm-hmm. and why you're drawn to certain colors, certain numbers that keeps showing up. I mean, the tarot has numbers on it, too. Your your planets and your houses, they have degrees and minutes, so you have numbers. And it's often said that whatever your degree your Saturn is, Captain Karma, whatever degree that first number of where your Saturn is, is probably the most intense age that you go through in this lifetime. So, like, if you have your Saturn at 11 degrees of Aquarius, then that year of going from 10 years old to 11 years old was really turbulent and karmic and you moved or things went on in the family or there might have been a lot of hard things that you had to go through, even if you were keeping it all internal at that age. So it's, that's a little mm-hmm. fascinating thing you don't find in astrology books. Go look at the degree of your Saturn. So now I have a personal question since you brought that up because I just want to pick your brain. <laughs> okay, okay. I have a weird connection in my life with the number three, Mm -hmm. and it pops up all over the place. So so what would be the significance of of three? Let me me start with the Trinity. When you go back in ancient cultures, let's start with Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Let's start with Mother, Father, Me. Uh, The three is the number three in, in the major arcana is the Empress card, so that ties you in with Venus, and it ties you in with being creatively pregnant with possibilities, that you like the magic of imagination. You know, imagination, if you play with the word, is I, magi, imagination, the nation of the magi. How can I blend as a magi and let that be my world? How can I be both as above, so below, in the nation of my becoming? So the three has a lot to do with a guy and a, a guy and a girl get together and they mate and there's a child. So there's like a product or a result or something that is invented or imagined or created when you get to the three. And it's an action number. Mm-hmm. The odd numbers are the action numbers. So if number one is the magician and number two is the high priestess, so we look at number one being Mercury, the magician, and Yang, 
and the electrical plugs into the number two, the high priestess in the tarot. She is the the very subtle, under the radar, uh, you know, uh, mysterious woman. You know, she's well aware of her sensuality, her allure, and that she holds the gates of life. A woman has biologically the gates of the temple are her her area where she can be mated with and then give birth out of that same area. So she holds the power of life. The masculine, the yang, seeds her, but she actually grows the fruit as far as Mm -hmm. looking at the earth mother and nature, or doesn't. So what happens is then number three is, you know, you had an idea and then you took steps to try to do the artwork or write the song or do the lyrics or do a podcast. So three is your creative birth. Three. Giving me the chills again. Yeah, three in <laughs> astrology. So Aries. <laughs> yeah, Aries is the first sign. Okay, it starts the Western zodiac. So Aries is number one. Number two is our first. So Aries is our first cardinal fire sign. Aries is in the northern hemisphere. Aries is the fire of spring. The year starts anew. The baby birds, the nest, the trees are unfurling. So Aries, number one zodiac sign. Number two is Taurus grounded earth so that's the garden that we're planting that's the seeds we're putting into earth mother's skin so taurus is like the fertility the mating and the fertility which is why beltane happens in taurus Samhain is halloween happens in scorpio so then we go to gemini so the third sign gemini is the first western zodiac air sign air ether thoughts words beliefs expressions, communications of all kinds. So number three is Gemini. You're a Sagittarius, so Gemini is the sign that balances you. Gemini energies, not necessarily a person, Gemini frequencies and energies have what you need, you have what Gemini needs. So a Sagittarian wants to teach. They want to talk. They want to learn. They're the eternal student-teacher. They love it. They love philosophy. They love being able to up their game to be able to go, oh, my God, that's so to the point. Oh, my God, that makes my life so much easier. You know, I, don't, I can use that tool. <laughs> so Sagittarius yes. cuts to the chase. They're just like, give me the bottom line. Stop talking. Just tell me what it is. And then tell me a story. <laughs> Hand me the damn tool. Yeah. <laughs> that is so spot on. <laughs> that's why I just, I just adore you. Because Thank you. There are a lot of people out there, and and they'll tell you like, well, you're a Sagittarius, so you're gregarious, or you're and I'm not like, always. Yeah, I mean, I am kind of, but I, it's like you're bold. Sometimes it's more like, yeah, it's more like the boldness. Like, uh, I do have the foot in the mouth disease, you know. Well, you've got four <laughs> hooks. Always... Yeah, we've got four hooks. You're Sagittarius. You've got four hooks. Humans have two legs. Sagittarians have. The arms of the human up top, but they got four hoofs. They've got a horse's body underneath them. It's a big animal, like a camel or an elephant or, yeah, it's a horse. You know, it can mm-hmm. kick, it can rear up, it can run away. <laughs> it can run away. <laughs> you know, and where, where is that division? The division, when you look at the, the creature of Sagittarius, right there at the navel, the above the na- the navel and above is a humanoid creature, and below the navel, right there at that reproductive area, becomes the chest of the horse. Okay, so the whole well, in a human, the reproductive and the elimination systems of the urine and the feces and and the the great gates to birth or or seed, 
that becomes the the body, the chest, the the chest, and just the neck and the head of the horse have morphed into that shape shifted into that part human, part horse. Okay, so it's a hybrid mm-hmm. type of creatures. But all in Greek mythology, all of the centaurs were special creatures in nature. They were the healers. They were the medicine creatures in Greek mythology. And that's Chiron. You know, Chiron is a centaur. And so Chiron right now in Aries is actually beginning to favor Sagittarians and Leos to be able to heal things that started to be a bit of a hurricane or an emotional earthquake that created some psychological fractures that might not, not all be grown back over since 2011, 2012. Wow, yeah, that makes so much sense. And so just for our listeners, if they want to contact you and, like, get a reading or, like, what are some of the services that you can offer? I've Over the years, I've suggested, so if you like dates and times and you want to have, like, what's ahead for me the first six months of this year, or I really, I'm at a point in my life now, I really want to learn a little more about, where I'm challenged, and where I'm favored, and what months are those. So I always say the astrological reading is very yang. There's going to be a lot of dates and times, and you better get on your cell phone and record it and also have a pad of paper and make notes. Because what you don't want to do with this bitch is slow her down once she gets going. Because I've studied it for a week before we ever talk on the phone. Like, I don't waste my clients' money. Like, I've known a lot of astrologers, and I'm like, what? You don't even do the chart? Do they get on the phone with you or you get on the Zoom with them? You're just then doing the chart? What about – you haven't studied it before you get on the phone with them? or you zoomy-doo with them? You haven't studied it? I mean, wait a minute. Even though they've got an hour, are you going to take part of their hour? Like, well, let me look at your chart for a minute. No. No, they need to have bang for their buck. So you study that chart. They might have to wait two weeks to get their phone appointment. But by God, you're boom, 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 I'm ready to go. This is all about you, and they get more for their money that way. So – Astrology is more when you want dates and times and you're thinking about moving or you may change jobs or you might plan to have a kid this year or whatever. That's when astrology is really favored. But if you just want to start out with somebody and you're kind of drawn to their energy, I have always liked the the psychic clairvoyant connect with the angels and guides readings first. Like I suggest to my clients, why don't you just experience the oracle, tarot, clairvoyant, your divine guides and my divine guides having a little powwow, why don't you do that? I offer an hour or I offer 90 minutes and I make my 90-minute reading cheaper, you know, as far as Mm -hmm. the timeline because then people can get more time with just $25 more on the price of the hour. But the astrological chart, the first time I do the astrological chart, yeah, you're going to do the 90 minutes. That's what you're going to do because bitches got to set it up and study it before we get to you. So you're going to, have to but after that, because I'm fair and I like win-wins karmically, after that they can then just book an hour to say, okay, I'm ready to see my next six months ahead. And both have their advantages. That's not a sales pitch. It's just the truth. I do both for myself. So there are two. that's the two main separate things I do. You know, before we went into lockdown, of course, I would do meetings at restaurants and I do live appearances where I let everybody pick a card and I read it at a restaurant and stuff like that. So there's all, and and ceremonial circles of a Native American that I was taught by my wonderful four medicine men. You know, I do that when I, that's just beginning to emerge again. But as far as my main work, it's taking people in more of a soul level, empowerment, esoteric way of learning their chart instead of just 
Aries means this, and when it connects with Gemini, it means this, and it's like, pew, 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 I don't care. Tell me about my year. People have four main questions. How's my love life? How's my money? Should I move or stay here? I mean, and and, and what about that thing I did that I'm, I'm worried about? How about my karma? I'm, like, really worried I stole something. I, I, I cheated on that guy. You know, yeah, they, do like, they have, like, the secret shit that they want to bring up, too. How can I get rid of that? How can I cleanse that, Mary? <laughs> And they know with me having all my Scorpio, I don't talk. You know, I, I in Florida, Julie, I know we got to wrap this. In Florida, I had all these therapists that would come to me, psychologists and therapists. I even did a television show that was way ahead of its time called The Psychic and the Psychiatrist. And he was a college sheepskin psychiatrist, and they thought it was such a dynamic difference because it was all still woo-woo then. He was a Scorpio like me, and we had a really popular little TV show called Ask the Psychiatrist or the Psychic, right? It was wonderful. And But I kept having all these therapists. Like I had a whole lot of therapists and counselors that would come to me, and then we'd go to lunch afterwards, and I said, okay, I, how come I'm attracting so many therapists? You guys are therapists, so how come I'm attracting all these people in the psychological field? And they looked at me, and they all like, kind of looked at each other and laughed, and they go, who the hell can we go to? <laughs> we have to go. We're therapists. We're counselors, you know. We're like we're like social workers and therapists and psychologists, you know. We need, you tell people what it is, you know. We need to have somebody that'll just be bold and to the point with us, you know. We have to lead people out of their malaise and we have to say, "How does that feel for you?" Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and she goes, "You just look at them and go, that's not working, is it?'" Tell me how that's working in your life. And they said, "Oh my God, it quenches all of our thirst because we don't need someone to say." Is that working? How do you feel about that? And, you know, could you describe that feeling? To this day, I've still got a lot of counselors and therapists. You know, I mean, it's because they know I don't play. I deliver the goods, and that doesn't make me better than anybody else, but they know they can count on the realism of, like, you know, and, and, and I'll say to people, I'm not the psychic for you. I mean, I had this one lady one time, and she said, she came to my office in Florida, and she's like, I want to make an, book an appointment for next week. I said, no. And she looked at me with her dripping diamonds and jewelry and widowed from a you know, surgeon. And I, she goes, what do you mean, no? And I said, you don't need to come to me next week. And she goes, I have money, and I want to make an appointment. Why wouldn't you let me make an appointment? I said, because I don't use people, and you don't need to have – you just had an appointment this week. Don't you want to see the – don't you want to let, like, the fruits of the message come about? And she goes, well, I don't understand why you would turn down the money. I said, open your mouth again, and for any amount of money, you can't come see me. I'll send you down to the gypsy down the street for the $5 palm reading. That's what I'll do. And she goes, I've never met anybody. Have, I mean, they just have this like this emptiness inside them sometimes. Yep. And they the only way they feel like they're fulfilled is when somebody else tells them what they need to do. And now we're gonna come back to my original point, discernment. And you have to stop you have to first step, kiddos, start recognizing where you are not being authentic and where you are so afraid of rejection or not fitting in with society, I could give a rat's ass. You, you need to start, you need to look at the fact that you're giving your power away, maybe for someone's approval or maybe for someone will like be nicer to you. No, you need to show up as who you are because that's the only real compatibility that you're going to have with a friend or a job or whatever, and if somebody's a jerk, you know, if it walks like a duck and it clucks like a duck and it's mean to you like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> and don't give it your time. Listen, life is temporary. It's temporary. This is a temporary ride, and all that stuff you attract and all those high heels and those great western boots, I love boots, all that stuff that you attract, 
it's you're only getting to use it for a while. You're not taking it with you. There is not a U-Haul that pulls up behind the the gravesite or the or the crematorium. There's no U-Haul. You're not taking it with mm-hmm. you. Not even your body. Yeah, unless science gets even more freaky with CERN and all their bioengineering, and they say, look, we can keep the shell of your body alive. Get more Botox. Get more lip filler. You can now have boobs on top of your head, and you can be a he-she. You can become a hermaphrodite. All you got to do is pay me money, and you can be both sexes at the same time. Yeah, rock the Casbah. But that still doesn't mean someone's being authentic. You can get all kinds of parts cut off or put on, but do you know who you are yet? You're still giving your power away. You have to you have to fall in love with the mystery and the divine creation of what got you here. Something paranormal, something supernaturally spiritual animated this earth temple and breathed life into you. Find something sacred that you know you can lean into and whether a human likes you or not or stays with you or not or has sex with you or not or is loyal to you or not. Don't let the mortals interfere with your spiritual strength. Period. Amen. Aho. I bow so to no mortal. I bow to no mortal. I'll bow immediately if I get a if I get a spiritual signal or I get an angelic or a Holy Spirit signal. Like you know, it's like don't do that. I'm, I'm out. All my friends know. I say to them, if I'm ever sitting in a restaurant, if I'm ever walking with you in a mall or in a grocery store, and my guide says to me, leave. I'm walking out the door. They're like, we're going with you. Oh, no, we're going with you. I said, I'm not staying for you. I'm not going to say, I think you should come with me. I have a vibe. If I walk, I'm walking because, you know, you're on your own. If you don't, you know, I'm not saying you have to do what I have to do. But that's how fast my guides work with me. And when I've not listened to it, yeah, when I'm not listened to it, I paid a hefty price. Like being thrown off a horse and getting nine metal pins and a titanium plate in my arm because my guide said, don't get on the horse. And I said, oh, but it's a nice horse. You know, she just wants to take my picture and put it on Facebook. But my guys were going, it's not the horse. Don't get on the horse. Yeah, well, I paid that price for a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is, it's, it's always like, for me at least, it's like a, the softest whisper mm-hmm. in the back of my mind. That's mm-hmm. like, Julia, don't. Yep, and, and then we then, start arguing you know with I mean? it. Yep, and then we mm-hmm. go, oh, no, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I gave my power away. Oh, no, you know, well, they just want to take my picture. Blah, blah. But yeah, I gave my power away. And that right then was when the baseball bat cracked me on the head, except it was a you know compound fracture and I had to go to the hospital. You know, and yeah, yeah, like nine months of torture. Mm-hmm. And so, but th- that was, and, then my, and here's what my guy said to me. You're going to listen to us now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't care. Who likes it or not? It's just like Shark Tank. I'll say to somebody, they'll propose something to me, and I'm like, that's a no for me. What? Mm -hmm. I said, and here's my favorite affirmation. After the nine pins and a titanium plate, and I became a bionic metal woman. Yeah. After that, here's what I say to people. K-N-O-W, that N-O is a complete answer in a complete sentence. It's a no. It's just you need to know that it's a no. Do with that what you will. I don't care. So, yeah, I'm not it's, a people pleaser. You know, it's hard to convince people that it's coming from somewhere outside of just, you know, like the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Because a lot of people will be like, well, I get feelings about stuff all the time, but then nothing bad happens. And I'm like, but it's different. It is. You know when it's when it's like. It's a deeper resonance. Coming from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh, well, should I eat this ice cream or not? I ate the ice cream and nothing happened. Well, no, but this I'm time, not talking about that. 
we we get a lot of hall passes in the school of life. We get a lot of hall passes. We really do. There's times we can skip school and get away with it. We've all done it, you know, or or fantasized about it. There's there's times when you can do these little things. As my mountain mammal always said, now Merlin, as my friend said, you know, she was calling you Merlin, and you didn't even get it at the time because she was just so country, you know. Instead of Mary Lynch, she called me now Merlin. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And she goes, now you, in life, as you said, there's the angel and there's the devil. There's the light and there's the dark. Okay, Mama. And she goes, and you get to have both of them play for your attention. They're both going to try to get your attention. There's temptation, and then there's when you know you've done right, and it feels all warm and good and everything. And she goes, but at some point in your life, and everybody has a different stage and age of that, yeah, at some point in your life, you're going to have to choose forever which side you're on whether it's a little devil on your shoulder or it's a little angel on your shoulder and it's greed and it's like the nine deadly sins and the, and the, and the whatever it is, nine or seven deadly sins and the vices and virtues. And she goes, and there's the point where you have to choose. And she goes, at that point, at that point, you better always choose the light because it starts getting serious repercussions after that. She was 100% right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because every time you go with like the little devil on your shoulder yep. It's like a tally mark against you. It is. Well, you get away with it. It's like you get get the prize. You get the prize, but you've also got that feeling like, see, nothing bad happened. I got what I want. I I screwed him. I did this. I got that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, bitch, you're mine. I'm going to come collect my payment (laughs) later on. You might be 43 and you got away with this when you're 17. However, yeah. So there's a price to be paid. And I always say to my clients, well, I want this. And, and we, I spent 20 years with this guy, and we have all our money invested, and I don't want to break up, and then I'm going to have to pay out my other. So at what cost, at what price, your misery? Really? Staying in this marriage, mm-hmm. and I'm not blaming him and saying you're completely right, but staying in this very thing that you're telling me, you hate it, you think they're secretly gay, they don't want to be with you anymore, and you, and you <laughs> play pretend to your family and society, but you really don't like each other, you're not even compatible roommates, if you can't even get to that point, then you're resisting what spirits, you're, you're resisting the what is. And so maybe that stress, that compounded stress, maybe that's going to give you an ill-at-ease diseasement in about seven years. Because you can talk to mm-hmm. any, you can talk to any cancer specialist, and they will say to you once it's oh well, it's this or they will say to you so what kind of stress have you had in your life? Stress causes you know diseases. Stress causes disease. You'll get the psychiatrist to say it. They'll try to numb you, and Pink Floyd's comfortably numb by giving you a prescription so you don't feel anymore, and you can repress it a little further <laughs> into your cells, okay? And that, or you can have the you know, the oncologist say to you, so what's the big stressors in your life? Did you go to war? Did, you know, did you, what, what happened? Well, I was sexually abused when I was a child. Oh, okay. Well, okay, if that's a fracture, that's a fault line with somebody. So if you don't find that therapist, if you don't find that monk, if you don't find that rabbi or that medicine man or woman to help you not keep shoving that down in your cellular nature, that you were an innocent, beautiful little lamb, boy or girl, and somebody didn't protect you, somebody didn't save you, and it happened, and a demon monster scared you and tried to sniff and drink your soul by some physical actions or physical abuse, and, and nobody ever got you therapy, and it's still living in there, and you got to rebuke it. you got to get that out of there. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you go to the mountain witch. Or I, you got to get rid of it. you got to get rid of it rid of it because nobody really defended you and got rid of it and when you crack that and you get that out of your subconscious and you release that at a cellular level at an energetic level you can never ever 
be haunted again by that. It can never collapse you. It can never abuse you emotionally or psychologically because your adult self turned to defend your own inner child and say, you know what, you're not alone anymore because you got me, bitch. And we're going to therapy this out. And we're going to do shamanic meditation. Yep, yep, yep. You got to do it because all of us. Here's a fact, people. I don't care what religion, race, whatever. Here's a fact. We all were little people once, and we had these tall people around us, and we came to this planet. We don't know where we came from. Everybody can debate and argue about that. I don't care, but we came from somewhere. We came from some constellation or universe or dimension. We came here, and we had to learn the language. We couldn't wipe our own butts. We couldn't feed ourselves. We were these helpless little fragile creatures that used to be aquatic. When we were in the biological mother, we were fed by liquid nutrients from her umbilical cord. Facts! Unless you were grown in a pot. In a lab, okay? <laughs> when they cut that leash, when they cut that umbilical cord and we had to go, <gasps> and we sucked in air for the first time, then we became breathing oxygen creatures on a new planet that maybe we've been here a million times before. I don't know. I'll know when I get out of here, but I don't know right now. We can all theorize. But we came from somewhere. We had to learn the language. We couldn't speak the language. We didn't know how to feed ourselves. We were totally vulnerable and helpless. So the next time you get scared of making a change in your life, think back to the flight or fight that we went through during birth. <laughs> and who were those strange creatures that put a, you know, helped you breathe or put clothes on you or, you know, put you on your mother's breast? or Who was that tall woman that, oh, I'm hungry, I need to get that thing that she has on her right now or a bottle or, or whatever it was. We went through some incredible, vulnerable, scary-ass times. And here we are tonight listening and talking. We did it. We did it. By supernatural grace, by supernatural powers that maybe I can't define eloquently enough, but I like studying that. I like studying the invisible frequencies, and when I summon them and I call them and I do it from a state of light and I do it from the harmony frequencies of love or music or dance, or my beautiful biological mother nature, I get a response every single time. Every time. I think you put it very eloquently, which is why I just love you so much. But Thank you so much. On that note, I also have to say that I, I, was, I was shocked first that you responded to the message and was like, yes, of course, I'll come on the podcast. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was a little awestruck. <laughs> Oh, I that's was just, sweet. just overwhelmed, like, with gratefulness because Thank you. it's like when you see somebody on TV for a really long time and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, if I ever got the chance mm-hmm. to meet them. And it's like, you know, it's kind of here's, like that for me because, well, how, you know, here's I'm how you're, so grateful. Here's how your Sagittarius fire served you well. You authentically knew that you resonated with some of the messages or the energies. You just knew you just knew that there was some kind of a something there and you didn't back up. You leaned in and you said, you know what? There's only really kind of three answers in life. Yes, no, not now, maybe. So I'm going to go find out. And that's the boldness of Sagittarius. But I'd like to leave your audience for this, for this time that we talk. It doesn't have to be the last. But I'd like to leave your audience with this really simple way to start empowering yourself with discernment. There are two main energy signatures in this world. I don't give a damn if it's a person or a residence or a job or a restaurant or an offer that's coming towards you or a date, whatever. 
there's two types of energy signatures. There's the energy that when you're around that place or you're with that person, you're in that spot in nature, it lifts you up. It just lifts you up. It's just like, oh, yeah, that, that, I can just feel myself being elevated. Those words, that book, that energy, it lifts you up. And the other energy signature is it drains you. It's, it's an energy vampire. It drains you. It steals your energy. Now, you may be a part of why that happens, as you might be projecting and dumping your crap <clears throat> onto somebody else, expecting them to be your happy pill. Okay, we've got to take ownership. And that I don't want to be an energy vampire. You don't want to be an energy vampire. So it starts with us doing a lot more mirror work, magically saying, now listen, don't go out there today because you're depressed or don't go out there today because you're angry and expect somebody else to make you turn the corners of your mouth up. Do it for yourself. Own your crap. And if you're feeling puny or weird or mean or irritated, the fastest way to get the grips of that temptation of darkness off of you is go give paper towels or something or fabuloso to the local animal shelter. Go go through your closet, give some clothes to the abused women's thrift store shelter. Go give, and it'll get you right out of the snares of the of the down energies. So if you're feeling down, go give. Go give. Amen to that. Because yep. it works every single time without yep. fail. Yep. I will take that. Tw- if I have $20 in my purse and I've got that energy, I'm like, oh, no, you don't. You're not going to get into my aura. And I'll go to I'll go to the dollar store and I'll buy $20 worth of those little thin little blankets because that's good for animal shelters for animals. And I go in I'm like, here, here's 20 blankets for the little cats and dogs in the cage. And here's a roll of paper towels. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need a tax receipt. I don't want them to say, oh, you're such a wonderful person. I, just, here, I, just, I hope this brightens up the animal's day. Bye. It's, and, then, and the animals can never say thank you, which is even better because it's like, nope, just dropping you can't be atta- the babies and yep. I'm out. Yeah, when you give, when you give, you can't be attached to the applause or you don't give to get. You're not really giving without uh, leashes and snares on it yourself. You're not really fully giving if you got to have the comeback. Now, something that was very difficult for me would always was going to the animal shelter to volunteer, but I thought, I'm going to do it because I was saving animals all the time. I'm, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make myself do it. Oh, my God, I'm going to do it because I can't do that. It's so sad. So I made myself do it instead of going to the gym or taking a yoga class or going and taking big old hikes and everything for exercise. I went to this great mountain shelter, and I said, I've got a 20-foot leash and a harness, and I said, I want to walk the dogs. I want to walk the dogs that are in the cages. And I would walk like seven dogs in one afternoon. I had lots of land, and I walked them all around. And I wasn't familiar with pit bulls then. I now love pit bulls and Staffordshire Terriers. And so I went and I got to know pit I was like a hound girl, you know, hounds. You know, I love, you know, big mm-hmm. old mountain hounds. And I got to know those dogs. And let me tell you something. You feel, or, or worked in the cat room, and I would say to people, no, you feed them. I'll clean the poopy and the pans and the pee. I'll, I'll clean the litter pans because I want to do the grunt work. So somebody else doesn't have to. It's been volunteering. So I, I would do that one afternoon. Every night that I laid my head on the pillow that I forced myself to go do something that was so difficult for me because I'm such an animal lover and it was sad for them to be in the show, blah, 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 all that crap that I was doing, I thought, I made a difference today. I got over myself and I got over, oh, that'll be hard for me. And I cared about them more than myself. And I'm telling you, it's incredible. If you have that issue, I can't go to a shelter. It's so sad. I want to take all the animals home. That was once me. But I went and I walked them and I got my exercise 
I didn't have to pay a gym membership. I didn't have to go to the yoga class or, or the country western stomp and boot thing and dance. I didn't have to do any of that. I just went and I walked. And it was amazing. It was amazing that I conquered that that little ism, that little fear, that difficulty for myself. It's so food, really. Yeah, it is. Because it's just it so is. nurturing. That's a wonderful do. term. And let me mm-hmm. tell you, those dogs, those dogs, when I would put them back in their little cages, and they had inmates that worked there, like prisoners that get to go, down, you know, good behavior, blah, 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 whatever it is, and they would leash them for me. And when I would, they would bring them out, and then I would go do the walk so the inmates and the volunteers could do what they wanted to do every single day, but they do, God bless them. And then I, when I would bring the dog back, the dog, it would drink its water, and it would get on its little blanket that I brought it, and it just looked at me, and, and the soul connection, which I, I, am, I am a specialist in being able to read animals, but the soul connection was just like, I love you, thank you, even if you just did it for me today, thank you. Because to them, out of the blue came this magical genie that walked them and got them out of that damn cage, and they got mm-hmm. to like, you know, my leash was long enough they could run. Yeah, I'm strong, you know, I'm a mountain girl. So they could, like, I had 20 feet, and I'd get them out in the pasture, and I'd just do a circle thing like you do with the horse. And they could run, and they could open up their legs and run and just feel that instead of being in a big cage all day. And they looked at me oh like, my gosh. yeah, and they looked at me so like, you know powerful. just what a dog wants, Mary. You know just what we want. <laughs> you know, and even though people don't like shelters, I still liked it that that dog had a cage and water and food every day. And it didn't have to be running the highway, starving and hungry and maybe getting hit by a car or shot by somebody that didn't like it running through its yard. Yeah, so you start to shift. Here's the point. My discernment helped me shift my perceptions and my original judgments of all shelters. Yeah, it helped and me shift And it's like it. you said, I would rather than be at the shelter than on the highway. Exactly. that's way worse. <laughs> But I but I had not connected those dots before. It to me it was just like oh it's so awful that people drop oh, off. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was stuck. I was stagnant on that one belief. Now keep in mind, I also volunteered and became a board member when I lived in North Carolina for the anim- the, the animal uh, rescue group over there. I mean I rescued. All, I mean I took in foster dogs and did all that. And I said I'm not going to be on a board of nothing no more because they fight over the money all the time. I'm like no no. I'm going to carry the food. I'm going to feed the animals. If the dog's running the highway, I feed it. If the cat needs to get off the road, I'm going to help it. You know, yeah. And skunks mm-hmm. don't run from me, and possums stand up in the air and almost wave to me because I, I take care of my little woodland creatures, especially in winter, <laughs> when there's not stuff in nature for them. You know, I don't interfere with them that it could cause them to lose their life. You know, I don't need to pet them, and I don't need to make them pets. But when there's snow and ice out there, they can count on Mother Nature Mary. Yeah, I got their backs. And that's where my tips and my tithes go. You know, when the client says, oh, my God, you saved me so much money. I loved my reading. I'm just going to mail you 50 bucks. I go right to Tractor Supply or someplace, and I buy the animal stuff because that's my medicine, and I'm doing a Mm win-win again. I got a good tip or a tithe, and I turn right around. I turn right around, and I give it back to nature. Absolutely. I'm planting herbs. I'm feeding animals. You know, my mimosa tree is blooming and my elderberry is growing. And then I can pass on those herbs and things and my oregano to people that I know are going through little problems health-wise. I'm like, here, I got some mimosas for your tea. You know, my Mm -hmm. little mountain witch can come out and I can help people with things that might bless them. And, you know, on that note, I just want to go ahead and plug your website one more time so people can come and find you. And they can find you on Facebook, Cosmic Conditions, and your very own website, MaryDucina.com. 
and I feel like everyone should go ahead and, and just find you and and you. you know have that interaction with you because you're just so amazing and bless you again, all. Again, that's uh, Mary M A R Y Ducina D U S I N A dot com, and I myself. I'm going to, like you said in the beginning of the episode, treat myself <laughs> to get a reading done. I think we need a one-on-one. <laughs> Thank you, honey. May the fates bless us all. Everybody enjoy this festival of goodwill, Supermoon and Sagittarius. We have the most romantic, and it doesn't just have to be physical mating. We have the most sensual, I'll say, energetic day of this year coming around the 10th and 11th of June when Venus is going to align herself strong in Taurus, the sign that she rules, one of the signs she rules, with the planet that's the master of surprises, Uranus, over the 10th and 11th, right as we're going into this wonderful uh, full moon of vision, questing, and truth. So I think the best piece of June, besides midsummer and uh, the sweet spot, we're going to have a very nice summer solstice this year, but the sweet spots of June are going to be that 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, and then again, as we come to the solstice on the 21st through the 25th, it's just going to be lovely, lovely, lovely. And, oh, we so all need to have a little drink of that. Absolutely. And it's been lovely getting to thank talk you, Julie. to you. So thank you. I am absolutely so grateful for you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And have a great night.